Let me open it up like this. Father, we need you. We need your direction. We need your conviction. We need your presence. God, if we go through this life and we don't have something of you, we are hurting. So God, I want to open it up and tell you I need you. They have to be on their own right now. I need you. See, they have to pray for themselves sometimes. Right now, I need you. So Holy Spirit, come. Have your way in this house. Amen. This was something that was on my heart last week, and I thought we were going to go that direction last week, and we didn't. Um, And I can't get it to where it just says, hey, this was just meant for me, or this isn't really what I want you to go over. So we're going to do it this morning, and I'm going to do it like I would do it on a Wednesday night. Let's go pull out the Bible. And uh, y'all okay with that, right? I wonder how they'd done that in the old days. In the old days. You know, when Zachariah would get out there with his beard down to his sandals. And he'd come out there in, in the morning time. Like six in the morning. And he would say, good morning. See, you didn't have a Bible then, so you couldn't open it. He said, we're now going to read the word of the Lord. I wonder how people... I wonder how people acted. I wonder how they reacted when somebody would crack open the Torah, pull back the scrolls. You ever thought about that? See, that stuff, that kind of stuff's in my mind all the time. I wonder what they done when somebody did get healed. I wonder what really I wonder what really took place. I mean, I would have to think that that place just went upside down. David disrobed and danced before the Lord. Not for any other reason, but ushering in the presence of the Lord. Man, that is so key, and that is the least of what we do. It's the least of what we do. We don't rejoice. We ain't trying to usher in the Lord's presence. We're trying to hear the word from a pastor. Lord help us. Luke chapter 9, start at verse 10. I'm going to read till I stop. Tommy went to sleep. (laughs) 
confuse me. Well, never said I was perfect. You know why I didn't give it to you? See, we can do this at this church because I don't care. We don't have to stay in one vein. This is why I didn't give him the scripture this morning because I walked back with the scripture in mind to give it to him. Tell him what you said. Y'all see what I'm dealing with? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the apostles, when they had returned, they told him all that they had done. Boy, <laughs> I looked at that this morning. I said, God, can I just stop right there? And just, it just we'll preach on that. that right. How many times do we do that, man? We... <laughs> <laughs> we run to God as if we have to give up the reasons of our merits. <laughs> Come on. We'll run to God in prayer. God, I've I done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. Why is this happening to me? Come on. You with me? I mean, it can be anything. I mean, I'm a sensitive type guy. My wife look at me wrong. I get my feelings hurt. I run to daddy and go, look, I, I put dishes in the dishwasher for just because I didn't start the dishwasher. I did put the dishes in the dishwasher. I was a good husband. And she said, I'm going to have to teach you. No. No, she didn't. She actually gave me a kiss. Men, you'll figure it out one day. Trying to get some brownies. I just don't like cashing in when they little brownies. I like cashing in when they big brownies. When I got when I've done a little here, a little there, a little here, I like to store all mine up. You know what I mean? I mean that's what the Bible said. The Bible said that and the apostles when they had returned, they told him all of what they had done. See, I like to take all my stuff and then go to her and say, Look, I vacuumed today, I've done two loads of laundry, I folded the towels, I made the bit. Glory. And then we worship the Lord. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. Listen, I don't have any notes, so I'm just, we're just going to feed. But they went to a deserted place. You know, sometimes, sometimes in your Christian walk, after all the holy stuff that you've done, you need to go to a deserted place. You, you need to get away for a moment. And, I, and I'm not just, uh, see, getting away, I'm not telling you get away from God. I'm just saying get away from people and get in the presence of the Lord. Go to a deserted place somewhere where, I don't, where you don't have to be so so tied down with, with everything in life and everything from your spouse and everything from the church and everything from your job and just go somewhere and rest in the Lord for a minute. Just get away. See, even Jesus had common sense enough to do that. There's nothing spiritual about that. It's common sense. When you're tired, get away. Because how many of you know that when you get tired, you get irritable? Hello? I get irritable real quick when I'm tired. Man, just leave me alone for a minute. I don't even like taking a phone call sometimes. Ken, sometimes I just hit the forward button. Renee. 
I wouldn't dare. That's two good principles right there. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. Church folk, man, leave your pastor alone. Trying to get away from him. I'm joking. He said, when, when the multitudes knew it, when, they, when the multitudes knew that he was getting away, they followed him. Now watch. This is why I'm saying when, when you're going to a deserted place, you, you, it's not that you're getting away from ministry. I want to... I might want to research this, but I'm going to go ahead and put my neck on the line. I want to get rid of that word, ministry. Because really what it is, it's an answer to a call. It's an obedience to a command. Because we, we call it ministry, then we want to take responsibility for it. And we, we want to stand before it, and it's our ministry. And next thing you know, we're heavy burdened with it because we've taken what was to have been an opportunity and uh-oh. we've taken what was meant to be an opportunity and turned it into an assignment. Let me go here because we we talked about this sitting and, and, and eating and about the opportunities and assignments. And that's where I feel that a lot of Christian people, a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders end up becoming overwhelmed, overburdened, and they get what they call burnout. And maybe, just maybe, that it's just just a possibility. I'm not saying this is factual. This is a possibility that you were given an opportunity to speak. You spoke. God used you in the moment. Now it's your call. You jumped off a diving board. Because you could swim back to the ladder when mama threw you off the side. And you said, now I got it. Man, this, is, this might be good for leadership. So you took that little bit, jumped off the deep end. Then you find out that the ladder's a little further away. then you become overburdened. You're overwhelmed. You experience burnout. And you've taken some of those around you that chose to follow you or chose to get on board with you. And you've taken them out in the deep with you. But see, you can't swim But if you understand a call and an appointment and an assignment, 
when He puts you there, He takes care of the ones that follow you. You are appointed over them to protect them, lead them, guide them, nurture them, get them back to the ladder. Is that making sense? Don't, we, don't you turn that down. Freeze me to death. We get, we get caught up sometimes. How do I break this down? Let me, let me break it down like this. It, it, may be, it may be a time that you were so available and so open in the presence of the Lord that he used you for a word to the people, okay? Now you walk out to church because it was well-received because the atmosphere for the Lord was there. The platform was set. He chose you because you were empty that morning. You walk out, you're full. Now you become bold in what you just done, and now it become your assignment, now we are self-proclaimed apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. You hearing me? Man, this is good. We ain't even got in there. And we wonder why the church is so fragmented in its growth. Because we have opportunists. It's got to come off. So now we are following opportunist, and opportunists take us off into the deep. They become overwhelmed because it's not their assignment. God will equip the called. <laughs> He's not. He's not going to have you go off the diving board unless one of two things is going to take place. Either you can swim or there's a life preserver. He's got, listen, you know, his, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. His life preserver is his grace. Because, see, I, don't, I wasn't so sure about jumping off no diving board. I knew I couldn't swim. Opportunity. <laughs> Your gift will make room for you. <clears throat> Your character will sustain you. If you're put there, see, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I don't believe in this thing called burnout. I go against the grain with all these preachers and teachers that speak to leaders about burnout. This is, this is why. This is the exact reason why. Because if it was just an opportunity, take it for that. Don't raise your hand and jump in. Don't, don't go off a diving board just because there's an opportunity. Hey, can you put me in the shallow? 
because Eric ain't in here. I can pick on him, right? If they're not in here, you can talk about them. I know how you feel. I can talk about them. So here's an opportunity for men's ministry. Okay? I see something in someone that I feel that if, if positioned properly and if nurtured, I can sit there and they could grow into, okay? But here's the thing. Two things have to happen when I do that. Number one is I got to protect you, congregation, people. That's my number one priority. I will never, ever, ever appoint anyone over you unless I know for a fact that it's an assignment, not an opportunity. So if they're up here and they're preaching behind, you can trust and believe they're in good standings with the Lord. Okay? And God's grace is either around them or they can swim. So I, I grab and I, and I take one and I, I set him aside another and I go, okay, here's the deal. This is what I want you to do. I want you to shadow another and I want the other to overshadow you for a season. And he will tell you, man, I wish he was in here. One person is watching cameras from now on. One. One. The other one's in here. See, I have to do that, and it messes my mind up. Help me. One person overshadowing the other. That's good. Man, I wish you would finish it off. See, if I, don't get, if I don't get distracted on stuff like that, I have to make sure that, number one, you're protected, and then I protect them. Okay? Because I don't, I don't want nobody jumping off of the deep end unless I know for sure. In this case, Ken would be his life preserver. Okay? I mean, this wouldn't be metaphorically speaking. This would be simile. Ken would be like God's grace in this case. He would be there to help if he began to sing. Because the last thing I want is somebody to get in over their head, and the next thing I know, I got a bunch of men drowning. With me? And listen, oh, <laughs> I need to tell somebody this. I got you, Holy Spirit. I can't swim. I do what I do in God's grace every day. Trust me when I tell you that. Don't, don't come to my office and give me a scripture and tell me to break this thing down theologically to you. But if I ain't praying on it and I ain't in it, I'm going to look at you and go, what would you get? Jesus wept. Because that's not... See, God knows each and every one of you. Lord, have mercy. I think we're going to get back. But God knows each and every one of us. He knows what you're capable of. He knows what you can handle. And he knows what will make you fail.
See, I got to thank God for his grace. Because not only does he keep me afloat and help me get through this thing one day at a time. Not only does he help me with that, he makes sure that I don't become so arrogant and so, so blowed up on what is Second Timothy? You don't put somebody, you don't grab the young and throw them in and let them be elders. And it, listen. Not talking young in age, because there's some of you. <laughs> I know I used that word you again. There's some of us. Make you feel better? Now you can go home easier today. You can actually eat and your stomach won't be upset. <laughs> but some of us. Told God I wasn't going to compromise his word. But some of us are so. Some of us just aren't at a level of maturity. Okay? Let, let's just face it. There are some of us that are tied down and bundled up with some things in our life. Even though we're 70 and 80 and 120 years old, we're still tied down with some things, which causes us to block out some of that maturity that God is seeking out in order to place you on an assignment to carry his word forth. So I can't take someone that is less mature, put them in a spot that demands maturity, if everything that I'd done in, the, in this church and with everybody was a knee-jerk reaction, man, there'd be a lot of y'all running around with bruises on your leg. It'd be knee-jerk reactions, all of just kicking all the time. See? Are you with me? So we have to rely on God's grace sometimes. It's not that I can swim because God knows, hey, I don't want you to get so puffed up on yourself that it takes away from me. That's why I, I welcome challenge. I'm okay with it because I don't already told you. Don't ask me to write no thesis. I can't even spell it. Don't ask why, we just went there. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them. That, that's what we were talking about. We, we were talking about even though you're out and about, even though you're out and you got away, man, there's still going to be a time that God's going to put somebody in your face. And he may call you to witness. He may call upon your testimony that you may share, that you may enlighten others. So that they too may come to know the goodness. He received them and he, check this out, he spoke to them about the kingdom. And he healed those who needed healing. I love him as a teacher. Because he showed us how to do it. He said, you speak about the kingdom. Heal those that need healing. 
I know, I just heard that too. Boy, I hate religion so bad. You're not healing them, Pat. I know. But you're being used to heal others that need healing, okay? Whether it's you're the person that is increasing their faith. Uh Uh-oh, that's, let me go, because that's, oh, I love and I hate it all at the same time, because stuff just blows up. When, when the day began to wear away, can I, here, I'll, I'll just make sure I got your attention there. When the day began to wear away, see, y'all thought last Sunday was bad. Jesus preaching all day. He's trying to put a whole series in one sermon. And the day was wearing away. I mean, it's getting close to the end of the day. And the disciples, man, I can just see them now. Now I'm starting to paraphrase. The disciples run up to him and said, hey, man, these people are getting hungry. You might want to send the restaurants about the Kentucky Fried Chicken's about to close. You might want to send them away so they can get something to eat. You know they wasn't worried about the people. They're just worried about themselves. They, they said, oh, we're good, man. We love what you're preaching. right, Man, it's hot. What you preaching? Jesus, it's good. I can stay here all day, but the people back here. And the whole time, man, your belly eating your spine. And you just saying, please, because see, I'm gonna just, I don't care. I just don't care. Jesus was drawn by compassion, and they knew it. Hey, if we go and tell him it's us, man, <laughs> I just heard all the leaders. Leaders said, man, if, if we go and tell pastor that we don't like something, he's going to chill us up, spit us out. But if we tell him the congregation's talking about it, he might be a little easier. <laughs> so that's how they, uh-oh, that's how they approach Jesus. Hey, the, the, these people, you... You need to send them away so that they can go to some surrounding towns and country and they can get some sleep, get some rest, and get some provisions so they can eat. Because there ain't nothing going on here. I mean, Jesus, we didn't walk out in the desert. <laughs> Y'all think I'm hard. Look at Jesus' response. you feed them (laughs) what (laughs) are you kidding me right now did you see how many people I ain't got nothing Can you help out with it? Well, that's not my calling. You feed them. Did you Did you not see what I just done?
I chose you. I pulled you out of the crowd. I pulled you away from all the junk and the hardheads that you hang out with. I pulled you over here and I put you in my clique. You're in my closest circle. I tell you things that would make people out there jump off of cliffs. I challenge you in ways that would make other people run from me, yet you hunger and want more. I've allowed you to come closer to me than anybody else. You've watched my miracles, and now you're doubting the people are going to get fed. You think the people are hungry. Maybe the hunger that they seen, maybe, just maybe, maybe the hunger that the disciples saw was the hunger that Christians should have towards Christ himself, but they misinterpreted it. I, just maybe, okay? I ain't got no more notes than you got. But maybe. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, man, I love how he teaches he says, make them sit down in groups of 50. Can I tell you what I got out of this when I was reading it? Do you remember the times that Jesus would look at his disciples and say, oh, ye of little faith? Just, just thinking. Could it possibly be the same thing that took place here? And instead of him saying, oh, you of little faith, he says, I'm going to address the little faith, and this is how we're going to do it. Okay? I don't want you focusing on feeding 5,000. See, Ken, I'm not going to call you up here if I know, I know you're not, but I'm using an example so I don't hurt your feelings. I'm not going to call you up here to pray for a man in a wheelchair when I know that deep down you've got just enough to pray for someone with a headache. Okay? So, so Jesus takes the broadness, the vastness of this miracle and he cut it up in pieces that <laughs> so maybe instead of having the pressure put on you and if i put this pressure on you i apologize but instead of having the pressure put on you that you need to go out and witness the people and bring them to Christ, maybe I need to break it down to a, a more proportioned piece and say, look, work on you. But see, even when you do that nowadays, what you trying to say, pastor? But see, if we can, if we can drum up because, see, man, I don't know, that's almost backwards, isn't it? Because it's almost easier to pray for someone else's healing than it is to believe for your own. 
So, well, okay. God, I'm just going to go wherever you want to go. So, here's, the, here's an idea. This is a thought. Maybe what you have for others when you're praying isn't faith. Worst challenge, ain't it? Maybe what you're doing to others is just Maybe it's just been something that's been put in you all your life and it's just the thing to do. Well, you know, pastor said lay hands on pray for them, so we'll lay hands and pray. But all you're doing is putting word, you're mouthing something. You're about walking the line of religiosity instead of walking a path that will reveal his presence and, and, and his glory. So maybe when it is, maybe when it is time for us, man, it takes faith to please God. Okay? So if it takes faith to 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 please him and this is all about him drawing you to him and you have to you have to believe that's the only way that you're going to be saved you're saved by faith through grace if you can't believe for yourself do you even have faith Or is it maybe just a wish? You, you're, you're, you're wishing that God will hear you, and you're wishing that God will heal you. Come on, anybody in here? I mean, you stand so bold in your faith that you know 100% without a shadow of a doubt, every time you speak, God hears you, and he will answer. He will put his approval on your prayer. Can you walk like that? Or do you still have those bumps in the road? Are there times you go, God, I'm, a st- I'm, I'm standing right here, but on it. That worry, I mean, it doesn't make you a sinner. It doesn't make you a sinner. The thought crossed your mind, and you prayed, and you believed, and uh-oh, you had a hiccup, and now you question something. doesn't make you a sinner. doesn't mean you're going to hell. This means there's some more stuff we got to work on. But they come to Jesus and tell Jesus, man, these people, you feed them. You're going to have to do something. He said, no, you feed them. It had to be Peter. It had to be Peter come up to him. Even the more reason I think about that, if you if you read after this chapter in Luke, 
This is the time that Peter says you're the Christ. I, I know y'all don't think like that. I just, I'm going, hmm. I wonder if that is what really caused, maybe Peter's seen a bigger picture. You, you give them something to eat, and they said, we have no more than five loaves. He said, make them sit down in groups of 50. So, so here Jesus is teaching again. Jesus was, he taught at the beginning. He was teaching them by allowing them to see. See, you teach by example. You lead by example. You teach by, Jesus received them. He says he taught about the kingdom, and he healed them. They come up. He says, now it's your turn. <laughs> now it's your turn. So you do it. I know. You're going to have some struggles with the 5,000. I get it. So I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to cut it up, give you correct proportions so that you are okay. Set them down in 50s. Bring me the meat. Bring me the bread. I wanted to get into some deep stuff about the bread, but I'm hearing practical the whole time, so I stopped. But the bread goes from Old Testament all the way through. But he says, you set them down, and I'm not even going to ask you to do it. I'm going to bless it. <laughs> now, remember, 5,000 people scared them. He's not sure that 50 is going to be well enough. So he said, I'm going, I'll bless it. Just bring, come here. Bring it to me. He lifts it up. He blesses it. He takes it. Gives it to them. He called you out of sin. He's covered you. He's blessed you. Now it's your turn. Tommy, that's, did I give you that? That's a good title. I gave you that one, didn't I? It's your turn. You're next. Okay. Your turn. You're next. It's all the same. So now it's, it's your turn. Now you. Go and spread the good news. You go and represent me. You go, not the car. You. You go, not you. You go and present my power. You go and walk in my authority. It's your turn. I've, I've, showed, I've showed you just how easy it was. Now I'm giving you the authority to act on my behalf, and you do what I've taught. This is church. Not what he done when he was speaking. That wasn't church. What he told them to do, that's church. Too many times... We come to church. Just, I put it on Facebook, you read it. And they did so. 
And they made them all sit down, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. What happened here? And it said, so they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. And left 12 baskets could have resembled the 12 regions in that time. Never mind. Because there was another time when he had seven baskets left over. That was in the region of seven. That was in the seven regions. But anyway. Here we have now the disciples. So full of faith that they said, Jesus, send them home. Because they're hungry. He said that he healed all of them that needed to be healed. We don't know what happened. Could have been somebody there paralyzed, blind. And they've seen all this miraculous stuff take place. And now they don't even believe that God can feed them. And God says, set them down in 50s. So they went out and they dispersed them. Groups of 50. Boy, <laughs> you want something to tighten an elder up in the church? Tell the elder he got a fool with all of 50 of these people. And get them all to sit down. <laughs> but I don't want to sit here. I want to sit next to my cousin. I can't sit up. The rocks are over here. Can I not sit in the grass? Why does he get to sit on the stump? And I don't. Have... I love church. People. But he sets them. Or they set them. They break them up in 50s. I can see them now. They're standing. Now, I'm sure that the disciples never got out of order with Jesus. I'm so here they are standing in this straight line like at attention holding a basket. I can see them now. They're all crowding around Jesus going, hey, what are you going to do? Man, I can just hear the questions in their minds and in their hearts. What is he going to do? With five loaves and two fish. Peter, you need to stop him, man. If you don't stop him in the middle of this, man, we're going to have, these people going to get hangry. And they're going to, amen, baby. I love that baby boy. But here they are. They And, and Jesus is standing up there and he blesses his food and he breaks it. And then he gives it to the disciples. I often wondered why that my It often talks about Jesus feeding the 5,000. <laughs> the miracle generated in Jesus' hands that was an abstract, if you will. Just follow me for a minute. That's an abstract miracle. Because if it passes through Jesus' hands, it's going to come about. That's why the Bible says, in this we have our confidence in whatever we pray that he's heard and we believe that he's already given. Okay, we have to believe to receive. So we believe that the miracle is abstract. It's already taken place in heaven. It's already there. The Bible says that by his stripes you're healed. You're sitting here, you're not healed, but the Bible said by his stripes you are. So the miracle is abstract at the moment. It's that hope. Okay? So he's going, break your bread. Look, I've done my miracle. 
I've done all I need to do at this point. Now it's your turn. Take it and pass it out. Come on, get with me for a minute. Peter. Jesus, I got 50 people to feed. And you give me one piece of fish and a piece of a biscuit. I got to feed Jesus. Y'all move. Hey, hey, Matthew. Hey, you got, y'all move so he's, you move, Judas. You just see over here. You see them people? They waiting on something to eat. And you want to send me out to them with this. Come on, we're talking about Peter. That's my story. So he takes this food. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I just see nothing but Peter. Just take a piece. <laughs> just, just take a piece, just a morsel. Just. If you can't take a piece, we're going to wait till the end and we'll come back to you. But we take a piece. We've got to share this among 50 people. Take a piece. And the Bible says that they ate till they were full. Jesus said, You feed them. This is, this is good. Until we can be satisfied in our little, his blessing will never manifest more than enough. See, I was joking about Peter. I can see Peter now going, Jesus, why are you always showing off? You know what the, here, just get whatever you want. I don't care. And he fed the people, his disciples. This is church. You hear me preach the word. You see me lay hands on the sick and pray. Let me stop there. From last Sunday, if you stood up here in a line and you were praying about any ailment in your body, has anything changed if you're here today? See, you probably weren't here. But has anything changed in you, in anybody? And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because, see, we, I'm, it's hard to do anything that is not modeled before you. So if you were up here and you were praying about a healing, raise your hand. If something changed in your body, in your life, in whatever, 
pertaining to what you prayed for. There's a hand, there's a hand, there's a hand. There's three. Okay, now listen. You come, you hear the kingdom being preached. You see, at that time, you didn't see hands laid on because we wouldn't let anybody lay hands on. You see people get healed. Now, oh, I wish I had a basket. Children. Children. 